Hey there, how's it going? What is the upskis, everybody? It is your boy Gamer GX back again with another GX Hockey Cast episode 19. And um, holy crap, um, some Canadian teams uh, off to a really bad start. Uh, we'll be talking about that, talking about Gary Bryce. We can talk about some Phil Gethel, Rasmus Dahlin. Got the Canucks. We're going to talk about the reverse retro jerseys and, and of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll be talking about all that stuff in this episode, but of course we're going to start it out with the usual stuff with um, the signings and whatnots. And and thankfully there, well there hasn't, I, I don't know why I would say thankfully, but not a whole lot of signings over since the last week we did this. Calgary Flames uh, re-signing Dan Vladar, goaltender for two years. $4.4 million in total, $2.2 million per season. I am fine with that. Uh, he seems to be a very good backup goaltender for the Calgary Flames. Like I said in, in most episodes, I hope that he gets a little bit more usage this year just so that they don't wear out Markstrom like they clearly did last year. Uh, ran out of gas during the playoff run last year for the Flames. And uh, yeah, I think Vladar is, uh, was underutilized last year for the Flames. I think he's a very good goaltender. And to get him locked up there for the next couple seasons, you're going to have the goaltending situation pretty much locked down. No real worries there for the Calgary Flames unless, you know, something terrible happens. And uh, Markstrom has another really bad performance in the playoffs, for example. Maybe then there's going to be a little bit more of a goalie controversy right now. But <clears throat> as it stands right now, I think the one-two combo of Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar and Ned is one of the better tandems in the league right now and um at the florida panthers apparently have signed nobody for league minimum uh for one year don't know who he is because his name does not exist apparently so the florida panthers signed somebody to a league minimum contract so good for that somebody and then uh tyler pitlick signs a one-year league minimum deal with the st louis blues uh yeah just a depth signing i would imagine don't know a whole lot about Pit Lake, other than he's just kind of been a career bottom six forward. Can't hurt. We're not going to be seeing very many uh, big signings from here on out, I would imagine, unless they're big re-signs for guys like a Bull Horvat or something. He's out there still looking for a contract, and the idea of him re-signing with the Canucks is, is getting further and further away from a possibility, I would imagine, after every single game they keep losing. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So let's talk about some of the injuries going around the league right now. A little update out of Arizona Coyotes. Jacob Chikrin is dealing with a wrist injury. He's still a few weeks away from returning, according to them. Them being the, I don't know, the doctor in Arizona? I have no idea. Brad Marchant, uh, he is now wearing a regular jersey at practice as of uh, on Thursday there. So he's inching his way closer to a return. Of course, uh, Boston shoving it up right up my hoop. They're literally first in the league as of me recording this right now. And I've, I predicted that they were going to have a really rough start with all the injuries. And they were probably going to miss the playoffs. And this was going to be the beginning of the of the end of the era of the Boston Bruins. And of course, first in the leagues right now, they're like 1-5 and five, or 5-1. Five and one. They're just crushing it and doing it all without Brad Marchand and their best defenseman. So, yeah, it's, um, that's great. Uh, I'd absolutely love to hear that the Boston Bruins are doing good as usual. That's nothing new there. Buffalo Sabres, right after he signed a nice big ticket, he gets hurt. Uh, Matthias, Matthias, Samuelson, 
Uh, he's been put on the injured reserve, dealing with a lower body injury, so I don't know when he's supposed to be back. Buffalo also having uh, Henry Yoki Harju also added on to the injured reserve, so a couple defensemen down there in the, in the Sabres land. Andre Kasha in Carolina has been listed as day-to-day. Don't know who the fuck that guy is. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, Peter Mrazek, dealing with, you guessed it right, a groin injury. So that's about the 15th one of those he's been dealing with throughout his career. So, yeah, uh, we could have told you you were more than likely going to be dealing with a lot of those groin injuries there in Chicago because we had, what, three or four of them ourselves in the one year he was here in Toronto. So, yeah, he's just a groin-ripping machine over there. Uh, Justin Danforth and the Columbus Blue Jackets have been put on injured reserve. He is be, he is expected to be sidelined for six months. He is going to be undergoing surgery, so that's a big loss for, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Don't know much about that player, but, you know, losing someone for six months, that's that's never never a good thing. Um, Jacob Verana, I'm not sure if I mentioned this one last week, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, put himself into a player assistance program, so just uh, go out there and get the help that you need, buddy, and get back into the NHL as soon as possible. Uh, you got Alex I follow. Pretty sure we talked about him last week. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, Joel Edmondson, he's dealing with a lower body. He's going to join the Montreal Canadiens for their upcoming four-game road trip, so he should be uh, returning pretty soon as well as Joel Armia. He will also be traveling with the team. And uh, rookie Yuri Slavkowski is listed as out, dealing with an upper body injury right now. Won't be available for, well, he wasn't available for the last game there, so he shouldn't be out too long. And he also scored his first goal of, of his career, I believe, this past week. So congratulations on that. Pretty sure he did anyway. Uh, Nashville Predators, Mark Borowicki is day-to-day. Uh, New York Rangers, Philip Cheadle Heedle is dealing with an upper body injury. He'll be out of action for at least a week. Ottawa Senators dealing with a little bit more injuries. Josh Norris now being put on injured reserve. Anton Forsberg, their goaltender, also listed as day-to-day right now. And goaltender Cam Talbot, uh, he has been skating. So they're really, really hoping that he'll be returning sooner rather than later. Philadelphia Flyers, JVR, James Van Reemsdyk is listed as out. Cam Atkinson listed as day-to-day. Day hasn't been any injury or uh, any change to his injury, but other than he got listed to day to day now. Rasmus Ristolainen also on the injured reserve right now, dealing with a lower body injury. Uh, looks like he's not going to be out for too much longer. Jake Gensel, the Pittsburgh Penguins, is out. He is dealing with a upper body injury. He will not play on Tuesday, so I don't know if he's going to be missing too many games. Uh, San Jose Sharks, you got Marcus Nudevara put on IR dealing with a lower body injury, not close to return. Nick Benino, also San Jose, is expected to be side longer, sidelined longer, uh, longer term with an upper body injury. Uh, Seattle Kraken, you got Philip Grubauer, good old Pooh Bauer is down. He is listed on injured reserve dealing with a lower body injury. Uh, does not say how long he'll be out, but I mean, it's Philip Grubauer. He's trash, so uh, Kraken probably won't miss him all that much. They'll probably win more games without him than with him in the in the net. 
St. Louis Blues, Pavel Bushnevich sadly getting injured. Uh, lower body injury. He was moved to injured reserve on Tuesday, so no, no time frame on when he will be back. Brandon Saad also dealing with a day-to-day -day injury. Tampa Bay Lightning got Zach Bogosian. He's on the ice at training camp. Okay, so that's 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 way old news. My bad. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we got Jake Muzzin put on injured reserve right now. It appears that he is dealing with a neck or possibly a concussion issue again. Not good considering that he's been dealing with a lot of concussion issues throughout his career. He's suffered quite a few of these, Jake Muzzin, and especially over the last couple seasons here. Uh, it's really been affecting how many games he's been able to play effectively for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, I don't know. It doesn't sound like this one's very good. Uh, like I said, considering how many that Muzzin has dealt with in his career so far, uh, it seems to be happening on a more regular basis. So I don't know if this is going to be something that maybe we end up seeing Jake Muzzin go to Roby Dot Island. And if you don't remember what Roby Dot Island is, it's just this uh, imaginary island <clears throat> that the Toronto Maple Leafs invented that we send these players that like are hurt with quotations around it, and we're just gonna we're gonna pay you, but you're not gonna play anymore. So that kind of deal so maybe that's what's in the future here for jake muzzin I, I truly hope not i am a big fan of jake muzzin of course but when it comes to his ability to play in the lineup uh, on a regular basis his play has dropped off a bit over the last couple seasons you know it was something that we we knew could have been a possibility when we first acquired muzzin we knew that he had a lot of hard miles on him and that his time was more than likely going to be limited into how many more uh, majorly effective years he was going to have they ended up signing him to an extension which looks like it's more than likely wasn't the best of ideas and that goes towards more of the criticism towards kyle dubas as a general manager maybe sometimes he's uh, a little too loyal to his guys Maybe sometimes he's not as cutthroat as uh, I think a GM should be at times. It is a business. It's not an easy business. It's not a business that you're going to you're gonna be very popular in when you're the GM. You're going to make some enemies. You're going to make some friends. And you're going to piss some people off. That's just what you do. But I think Dubas at times needs to you know make that hard decision. Um, I don't think we should have resigned Muzzin knowing what he was going through at that time. Yeah, I know he would. He's like the most effective player that we have basically when it comes to playoff time. The problem is he's never in there for playoff time. He usually gets hurt, or if he's there for the playoffs, he gets hurt very soon into playoffs because playoffs is just a very rough, rough hockey game to play. And uh, yeah, he usually ends up going down quite quickly. So yeah, it's been a really real big drag over the last couple seasons having to deal with the injuries to Muzzin over and over again uh, because we were desperate for Muzzin in the lineup. He's a, he's kind of that ingredient that the Leafs uh, lack the most in, in their on their team is that that hard hitting like that you can't you don't you're not gonna fuck around with Muzzin. He's very good defensively. He's like the most playoff style defenseman that we have. He's just not pleasant to play against. And um, yeah, sadly, I just think injuries lately it just really done a number on him. <laughs> and I don't know what to expect out of Jake Muzzin in the future. Um, I just think that maybe we should have moved on from him on in this past summer or before before we re-signed him nothing against jake muzzin it's just the fact that you know i think it was pretty well known that this kind of thing was going to happen around this age <clears throat> and now that it's happening we're like oh woe was us or like the or kyle dubas like oh well 
you know, we made our decision and now we're going to lay in. And it's like, oh, well, you know, these decisions don't always have to be made. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I hope he can get back into playing. But right now it does not look very good. Timothy Lilligren, uh still dealing with his hernia surgery. He was assigned to the AHL Toronto on Tuesday on a conditioning loan. So hopefully he's going to be back soon because we are at least def- definitely going to be wanting uh, Lilligren back there. Jordy Ben also put on injured reserve dealing with a gro- uh, groin injury also loaned to the AHL. Toronto Marlies. Um, Vancouver Canucks dealing with a couple day-to-day injuries to Riley Stillman and Brock Besser. Quinn Hughes also on the injured reserve dealing with a lower body injury. So that's a huge blow to the Vancouver Canucks. But things can't really get much worse for them right now. And that looks like that's just about it. You got Winnipeg Jets. Dylan Sandberg is day to day. So that is all your injury news that is going on right now that I can that I that I've seen. So not too bad, not too bad, not too many major injuries, but uh, a lot of them have been consistently happening to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So not a great thing. Um, speaking of guys uh, possibly talking about retirement and or injuries in the long-term fashion, Carey Price has come out and said that he is not retiring. He plans to return and still continue to play hockey with the Montreal Canadiens or in the NHL, whatever it's going to be. He says he's not done yet. Um, sure, man. I mean, that's that's up to him. Uh, he got a big ovation when he showed up in Montreal for their home opener. Everyone's still happy to see him and all that good stuff. Um, it's it's very it's not very likely that he would retire and leave a lot of that money that he still due to be paid. Uh, I would more than likely just see him just finishing out his career on long term injury reserve. Yes, I would love to see him come back and finish out and play a whole another season or two or three or four. Who knows? That would be great. Because in my honest opinion, I think uh, Carey Price is one of the more overrated goaltenders that I've ever seen. Uh, I know that he was good. He at, at his peaks, he was absolutely insane. But I just feel like those peaks weren't all that long. Like, and and just the the pedestal that people still put on Carey Price, like, oh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's like how though? Like, really, a first ballot Hall of Famer? Like, I don't know about that, dude. He was a very good goaltender. He was a very popular goaltender. And like I said, at his prime, he was incredible. But there's been a lot of like mediocre years after those, after the peaks. And um, yeah, he got them up into a Stanley Cup final run there. That was really unexpected. But he didn't exactly do that all by himself. It wasn't all Carey Price. He definitely stole some games there, which was really great to see him go on another run like that in his career. I guess technically that was the that was the best run that he's had in his career up until this point. But um, honestly, I think he's a little overrated. And um, is he a Hall of Famer? Maybe a Hall of Famer. I don't know. That's that definitely uh, that's definitely one up for debate. If I had his stats up in front of me, maybe I would have a better opportunity to to judge that. But for me personally, like, yeah, he's got some pretty pretty good hardware with the gold medals. I would imagine that he's got a Vesna in there. And um, I just don't I just don't know, man. Like, I just don't think he's had that much success. Uh, other other than the Olympics, like his playoff runs have been pretty subpar. He hasn't been all that great in the playoffs. He lost his job at one point to Halak in the playoffs. And and yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, obviously the team around him hasn't always been the, the greatest thing. And management and team management, all that stuff hasn't 
been necessarily the greatest around Carey Price, but I don't know, man. I don't know if it's if it's really a thing. Um, in my opinion, that Carey Price is going to be a Hall of Famer, kind of the same in the same lines of like people talking about PK Subban being a, a Hall of Famer. It's like I don't know about that. He was just because you're an incredibly popular player doesn't doesn't mean that you need to go into the Hall of Fame. I mean. <coughs> Like as another another player, like are you gonna really put in a player in the Hall of Fame for like three three four ish years of of being a very very good uh, player, one of the best at your position at that time? You're gonna put him in the Hall of Fame just for like a, a handful of good years? I mean, you still have guys like Alexander McGilney that are still not in the Hall of Fame, and he was the first Russian player to ever hit a thousand points. So. I don't know, man. You have guys like that. I think I think McGillney has also hit like 500 goals, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I don't know about that. Like PK Subban, he didn't even hit a thousand games. He he has some hardware, but uh, no Stanley Cup, nothing like that. He won one Norris in a in a, in a shortened season. Um, I can't see PK Subban being in the Hall of Fame unless it's going to be for something else, like. Uh, community builder or something like that around Montreal like he has a lot of life to live after hockey so who knows what he's going to do in the hockey community after his hockey career is done a lot of people believe that he's going to go into broadcasting and all that stuff I think that's a great fit for for him and maybe even Carey Price I think I've always thought Carey Price is one of the funnier players in the NHL uh, at least one that had some personality behind him. I am a fan of Carey Price. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm just saying that I, I feel like that people put him on a way too high of a pedestal. I'm like he was a very good goalie, but like to put him up there with the Martin Broders, Patrick Waz, I think that's kind of nuts, considering. But that's just me. You can say you can you can argue me on that one. That's totally fine. I could I can get into a Carey Price argument. That's no problem. Um, what the hell is I saying though? I totally lost my train of thought, but. Yeah, Carey Price, Hall of Fame. I don't know about that. But I'm I'm glad to see that he believes that his career is not done yet. That's great. That's great news to hear. That's really good to see, because uh, right now in, in Montreal land, things are going really like they're having a really great time right now. By the sound of it, I'm not watching them at all, but just from what I'm hearing and around the internet and on my podcast that I listen to, sounds like the. The, the mood around the Montreal Canadiens is very high right now. People are very, very high on that Arbor Jack Eye kid, the one who's got the really weird-looking last name, and everyone going on about how oh, he's got the best nickname in the fucking NHL. They called him Wi-Fi because his name looks like a password. It's like, oh, my God, man. Like, is the NHL that lame that, like, that's the kind of thing we think is, like, the best going around? Like, no, dude, come on. That's, that's just some lame baloney. It's cool that, like, yeah, he's got a great nickname that isn't, like, just um, RB or something that they would always just always add E on the end of everyone's name. Oh, there's Philly and and and, 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 and Gamer GXE and all that stuff. So, like, it's not the most creative league when it comes to nicknames. So, I guess that's why this one is getting so much praise because it's just, like, something that isn't just so lame like RB or something it's nice that they called him Wi-Fi so everyone's been losing their mind about that and also the player himself Jack or, Ar- or Arbor Jack I I had no idea like what kind of player he was but apparently he's like uh, kind of a tough guy a little bit of a tough guy uh, I-, I heard a comparison today that they're calling him like kind of like the next Lucic coming into the league I have no idea dude like I haven't seen anything I haven't even watched this kid's first fight apparently got in a fight with Zach Cassian and and did quite well against him but 
I mean, it's Zach Castian. He's not like the toughest guy out there. Like if he got into a scrap with Ryan Reeves or something that in, in hell his own, maybe even won it, then like, oh hell yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd have an eyebrow raised, maybe even both eyebrows raised in 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 all my in in, in such attentiveness. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, Arbor Jack guy. Apparently, he's having a great time over there. the The young kids are having a good time. Suzuki's lighting it up. Uh, looks like. What's his face? Um, Slavkowski, his first goal, he like apparently was like right in a buddy's face there and just told him to go fuck you and all that shit. Cause like, I don't know, the confidence is really high right now in Montreal because they got a guy who apparently can kick the shit out of uh, most people in the NHL. And that's a, a great thing to have on your team. Something that I think the Toronto Maple Leafs would love to have on their team right now. Someone that you can. It's like, you're not going to fuck with me because that guy's on our team. And it's like, the Leafs don't have that, and we haven't had that in a long, 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 long time. And I don't even know if that counted when we had guys like, like, were people really all that scared of Colton Orn, like Frazier McLaren, and, and, uh, oh, fuck, I had his name right there for a second. It's gone. Uh, but back when the Leafs were tough, I guess, you know, we're a tougher team. Uh, was anyone really all that scared of Colton Orr? It's like, yeah, I might have to fight him, but I mean, it's fuck Colton Orr. I mean, like, he's won, like, three fights. But, um, no, seriously, it, it does seem like it's been, uh, I like the, I like the attitude and everything going on over there in Montreal. And I think it would be really cool that, like, next season or something, or even this season, if Carey Price can get his get his game back together and he can get back onto the ice and play and start being healthy again. I would love to see Carey Price being a part of this. I think he would have a lot of fun and and they would love to have him there. But right now it's Jake Allen and Jake Allen's doing good. I don't even know what their record is right now. I don't think they've been losing as as many games as people have thought uh, they were going to lose. And looks like Caulfield is doing well. Like, it's a fun time to uh that's that was like honestly one of the funnest seasons I ever had as a Leaf fan was like that I think it was the first year of Matthews there where it was basically all the young kids were coming up and they were, they were all becoming good all at the same time we're like oh shit this Marner kid's legit oh shit this, this Nylander kid's legit oh shit uh, this Matthews kid is, is very legit oh wow Hyman's good all of a sudden and it's like oh this is a lot of fun those were a lot of fun years when when the pressure's low and you know you're rebuilding but at least you know that the rebuild's going well those are really really fun times to be a hockey fan of, of that particular team and it looks like that's where the Montreal Canadiens are right now. They got a lot of young guys coming up into the into the lineups. They're they're looking good. They got fucking Martin St. Louis as their coach. He's going to be one of the most beloved coaches in the league because it's freaking Martin, and he's probably going to be a legend in Montreal just because he's fucking Martin. And um, and on top of that, apparently they don't even have like all their best prospects even in their lineup right now. So there's even more to come. Who knows how their season's going to go this year. They could even score another really good draft pick this season and get another really good young player into their lineup. So, yeah, I can I can relate to how the Habs fans might be feeling right now. A little bit of excitement and uh, hype behind their team. Even though they may probably not going to make the playoffs or anything like that, at least it's going to be a fun year, unlike last year where it seemed like it was just fucking misery on top of misery for the sake of misery. 
but now this year is totally different and that seems I, i'm i even though i'm not i'm not a habs fan and i can't root for you guys i can i could be happy for at least the fan base having a good time over there and, and the rookies doing good because there's nothing better than fucking a good young team they're they're very fun to watch like all that's just it's very enjoyable those are the kind of teams that i like and it seems like those days are kind of over with my toronto maple leafs not really a whole lot of young new talent coming in the talent that we have is is there it's established they are we know all about them and now like you know with like with marner the 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 cute little kid that's just playing for his hometown boyhood dream living it and all that that's long gone now he's like kind of a whiny baby that whines at the refs all the time and always complains and and i don't know puts way too much pressure on himself and it's kind of like hard to watch sometimes like it's like jesus bitch can you just fucking chill out a little bit man like relax just relax be cool man just be cool baby but yeah that's uh we're kind of we're definitely out of that that phase now for the toronto maple leafs uh other than nicky bobby nick robertson coming in there being young and, and quite good finally but like, like I say, it's finally, it's like we've seen Nick Robertson for a while now. It's not like a whole influx of all these new guys all at the same time. Like the Habs got, they got fucking Sikoski, they got Jack Eye, they got Gooley, they got Caulfield, who's basically a new player because Caulfield under their previous coach, Ducharme, Duchesne, uh, oh my god, dude, before anyone even people were calling the, that coach like oh he sh he's one of the best coaches in the game and i was like are you fucking kidding me like ducharme duchame whatever the fuck his name was that had to be one of the worst coaches i have ever witnessed in my life like and i'm not i don't even notice shit like that and i could just sit there and be like wow he is he is really fucking bad and that was before everybody turned on him i knew that guy was bad and 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 just to watch him get fired and then martin st louis take over and then watching caulfield just explode instantly i was like oh oh my god i feel so terrible for caulfield like having to deal with that like unbelievable like how many more like who knows how many goals he could have fucking scored if he just had martin with them all last year but might be able to find that out this year but um yeah anyway i didn't expect to talk about carrie price and the habs for that long but anyway moving on to other news phil kessel phil the thrill adelphia kessel probably my favorite player in the league i absolutely love phil kessel and he had a big week baby he broke the iron man streak at 990 games played in a row without missing absolutely insane more than likely a record that will never be topped again I just, I, I, I like, not only you have to have an incredible amount of luck, you have to have an incredible amount of, 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 I, I don't know, you just got to be a freak athlete, you got to have, like, Phil Kessel is such a freak athlete that he doesn't really have to work out and, and take care of his body the way that other athletes have to, he's just, like, naturally gifted and just naturally talented, so that's kind of and like phil's never been a, a physical guy throwing the body out there going into corners doing battles and stuff like that but 990 games like literally of almost he's almost played a thousand games in a row and to play a thousand games in your career is like a huge milestone and the fact that he's almost played that many in a row without missing on top of the games that he's already played wow i mean that's uh that's an incredible uh feat for phil kessel and I, i'm very very happy for him i think that's awesome and on top of that, not only did he break the Iron Man streak in the NHL, he also scored his 400th goal of his NHL career, and it was a beauty. I watched it. I had to. I saw the the thing pop up on my phone. They're like, "Oh, Phil Kessel scores his 400th," and since he didn't get his 400th against the Leafs, 
when they played Vegas this week, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I was dying for Phil to get his 400th. I was like, oh man, like I was so amped when he got it against the Leafs because I was like, well, a that that's supposed to happen. That kind of stuff happens with the Leafs all the time. That's just how that goes. But I love Phil Kessel, man. I've always loved loved Phil Kessel, and I just want him to be happy and all that good stuff. But yeah, I think without question, that's going to be one of the hardest NHL records to ever break. I don't, I can't see it, at least in my lifetime, ever being broken because the next closest player is Brett Burns. He's much older than Kessel, and he's like 400 games behind him. So yeah, I don't. His his record is is not even. Not even in any form of, of danger of being broken anytime soon. So I think Phil Kessel is going to be safe in those record books for a long, long time. And that's great because I think everybody should know about Phil Kessel for all generations and for the rest of time. Because Phil Kessel is, is one of the greatest treasures in the world. He's in, in all of, of, of humanity, Phil Kessel. Do you understand? Okay. And that's how much... Oh my God, it choked a little bit. Um, I love Phil Kessel. It just He tried to kill me a little bit pathologically. Why would you do that to me, Phil? I'm, I'm being so nice to you. I love you so much. But congratulations, Phil Kessel. Another guy that I heard the conversations being thrown out there this week is Phil Kessel, a Hall of Famer. And I'm on the side of yes, absolutely, he's a Hall of Famer. You got 400 goals. I'd imagine it's... it's well, he could easily play a thousand straight games, so he's got the Ironman streak. He's got two Stanley Cups where he arguably was the Conn Smythe for both of those. He didn't receive the Conn Smythe, but I, you can easily argue that first Stanley Cup, he should have, without question, gotten that Conn Smythe. That was bullshit. They gave it to Crosby because he's Crosby. And, like, yeah, he had a good run, but, I mean, Phil Kessel, dude, like, that run was outrageous. And then he did it again the next year. No, no love for that one either, so... A, he, like, uh, he's had an excellent regular season career. Almost a point of game player. Not, I mean, it's going down now because it's kind of his offense has dropped off over the last few years. But um, for the majority of, of his time, he was in and around a point of game player. Usually good for 30 goals. Uh, became an unbelievable passer later on in his career. He was always a really good passer. It's just that that wasn't ever a part of the game that people knew him for until a little bit later. Especially... Especially when he got to Pittsburgh, that really emerged as like, oh, wow, he's actually a really good playmaker. And like, I knew that watching him in Toronto, I was like, oh, he's a great playmaker. There's no one to pass to for him in Toronto during his time there. There's like no one to pass to at all. So he had to do a lot of the work by himself. But when he went to Pittsburgh, then I was like, that's the Phil Kessel that, you know, the Leafs were expecting, you know, to have a guy that was in like 90 point kind of guy. But. Phil Kessel's not like the cornerstone piece that you build a team around. He's the piece that you add to take you over the hump and win you that Stanley Cup. Like it seemed to have he he being that piece to really set the Penguins over and get them those cups back then. But I'm on the side that I think, yeah, Phil Kessel should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, not only did he play through a career where at the beginning of it, he'd, he had a cancer scare. He, he had cancer. He had to get uh, that dealt with. And then he went on to have an Ironman career like that. I think that's uh, very incredible. He's uh, been a point of game player throughout uh, all of his playoff runs. He's he, he's dynamite in the playoffs. He always came up big in the playoffs. Big games. Big time Phil Gettle. Um yeah, I, I would be on the side of him being a, a Hall of Famer. Definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer because, like, I don't know, he just didn't, like, blow the world apart. But I think with the with that Iron Man streak, the, he's got the hardware with the cups. Yeah, he doesn't really have any individual hardware. I think he might have something like... Um, 
one of those like perseverance awards. I, I feel like he won one of those back then when, when he had the cancer, uh, in and around with the Toronto days or something like that. But, um, you know, a few time all-star, yeah, I, I would put him in the Hall of Fame now. Granted, I have a massive, massive Phil Kessel bias. I'm a massive Phil Kessel fan, so I just think he's an important player. I think he's a, a guy that you should definitely have in the Hall of Fame. That's just me. Now, maybe some other athletes would be against that because, oh, this guy drinks soda. He doesn't, he doesn't even know what water is, and, and he eats like a pig and all that crap. It's like, whatever, man. Like, he's a natural-born athlete, and, like, yeah, maybe if he applied himself like some of the other athletes did, who knows what he could have done. Could have been a 50-point guy or a 50-goal guy consistently. I no, wait, well, We won't know. But um, I think the career that Phil Kessel's had up until this point is, is a Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. I, I would love to hear what you guys think. Do you think Phil Kessel's going to make it into the Hall of Fame? Or do you think he's going to be just another really good player that just wasn't quite good enough to make it into the Hall of Fame? Next up, you got another record breaker out there in Rasmus Dahlin playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Do you know what this kid has done that apparently has never been done before in a defenseman? He scored five goals in five straight games in a row. So he's five games. He's got five goals that has never been done by a defenseman before in the league. I think that's insane. Uh, that like a Bobby War or anything, no one like that has ever done that. I was like, okay. But uh, yeah, dude, Rasmus Dahlin has finally looked like he is emerging as that as that true. He was a, a first overall pick, like I think it was 2018. And he's been decent. Like he hasn't. He definitely hasn't been bad. I mean, last year he put up like 55 points on a on a shitty Buffalo Sabres team. As a defenseman, that's really, really, really impressive. And uh, the fact that he's only like 22 years old still, and defensemen tend to get better uh, a little bit later. So he could. He's still potentially getting even better than this. And it looks like this is going to be the year of Rasmus Dahlin. Like, forget Owen Power. Like, yeah, it's nice that he's there, but I think for the Buffalo Sabres, this is going to be the year, like, you really see that huge next step for Asmus Dahlin, not just in points. I mean, like, overall play. Like, this guy could actually maybe even tease for a Norris nominations this year. We'll have to just wait and see. It's very, very early, but a start like this is definitely eyebrow-raising. It's very, well, obviously, he broke a fucking record, and um, it's 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 very good for the Sabres fans, obviously, like, to see uh, something like this happening. And speaking of the Sabres, they've been just rolling lately, man. Like, they've been playing very good. They, they swept the the, the the west coast road trip they took down the canadian the the canadian the western canadian teams took down calgary edmonton vancouver i mean everyone takes down Van, vancouver but beating calgary that was huge that was a huge win for buffalo Are you kidding me they took out the did they did they play the leafs yet already and beat us i don't know but uh yeah they're doing a lot better than expected that's for sure. Alex Tuck is absolutely tearing it up over there. I knew he would. Uh, I picked him up in fantasy because I knew he was going to have a good year. He had a hat trick this week, so big, big fucking week for, for Tuck. He's leading them in uh, points and goals over there, so he's doing really well for them. And, uh, yeah, Sabres are doing quite well, and Rasmus Dahlin, sadly, that streak ended tonight. Uh, he did get an assist, but he did not score a goal, so he's gonna, he stops a streak of five straight goals, but that's extremely impressive for a defenseman. Like, uh, an impressive goal-scoring amount for a defenseman would be, like, ten goals. You hit double digits, that's pretty, that's really fucking good. And he's already at five, and it only played six games, so... Yeah, he's he's on pace to do some uh, some 
pretty good damage. I would not be surprised if he hit if he was able to hit 20 goals this season. That'd be very, very impressive. Maybe even crack that 65, maybe even hit 70 points this year. Maybe cracks into that top 10 Norris, uh, Norris nominations this year. That'd be a really big step for Rasmus Dahlin. And uh, very, very, very good news for the Buffalo Sabres. It's really just kind of nice to see them taking a step forward for the first time in 11 years because it, it kind of gets a little sad and depressing after watching a team just being that bad for so long and it's more it comes down to like the fan bases like you just feel for them it's like oh man like not only do they have the fucking bills over there which thankfully they're good now too over there in buffalo but man those the buffalo bills like oh my god like how many times can you lose in a super bowl and like still have the will to keep going on it's pretty it's pretty um uh admirable admirable from from me as a leaf fan who's been dealing with you know our drought for for so very long it, it gives me you know at least i can always think about saying well buffalo's had it pretty bad themselves and i mean vancouver's not doing much better either so yeah uh buffalo sabers rocking and rolling right now and um another team that's been rocking and rolling is uh well i don't know if rocking and rolling might be pushing it a little bit now but the philadelphia flyers have also been off to a better start than a lot of people or pretty much anybody has expected and that one i think is a little bit more phony than the buffalo sabers i think the sabers are a little bit more legit and i think the flyers are a little bit more phony baloney i think they're just getting that torts rub for sure right now and uh, and the fact that carter hart is playing very very well the only problem is with the philadelphia flyers is that the team itself is not playing all that good and i think they're going to get exposed sooner rather than later and they're they're going to start regressing to the mean regressing back down towards where i think they should be in the league down in that bottom bottom tier but i don't know it was, it's pretty cool i guess to see them doing what they're doing right now but I, I would not be surprised if you start see if you see like a losing streak come out of the Flyers pretty soon, because the team around them just hasn't been playing all that good. Uh, from what I've been hearing, again, I haven't watched a Phil or a Flyers game. Don't really have a reason to, but that's what I'm hearing. And then the Sens being another team that are doing a lot better than expected, I feel like they're not phonies. I think they're pretty legit. They're playing quite well right now, especially at home right now. My god, they're they're crushing it at home. The home crowds have been really good over there, so that's really great to see for the Ottawa Senators that their fans are are enjoying their games and everything's going pretty well over there. Kind of going a little bit more like expected. They started out a little bit shaky and now they've they've definitely gotten back on track and it looks like things are starting to roll for the Ottawa Senators. Brady Kachuk is starting to really get it going over there, so that's really good to see for him. Uh okay, so let's let's talk about the fucking Canucks, y'all. Oh man, oh man. Uh honestly starting to feel a little bit bad. Um uh, just because well mostly because of that home opener they had they finally got home so big problem with the canucks right now is well obviously yes they haven't won a game yet this season they're zero five and two right now zero five and two have yet to win a game doesn't look like they're planning on winning a game anytime soon by the look of their upcoming schedule doesn't look like they're gonna have any easy games coming up they got like the hot buffalo sabers coming up like yeah it's not gonna be very good uh, they had their first home opener. They had their first home game after, I think it was their first five games. They started out on the road, lost all five of them. Um, big thing about that is that they've been blowing multi-goal leads on, on the regular. I think like four out of five of their losses or something. Uh, out of the first five games, they blew multi-goal leads. And then, then the other ones just 
like blue lead like a lead like it wasn't a multi it was just a one goal lead but the fact of the matter is they've they've had the lead in most of these games that they've lost and blew the lead so yeah something's really funky monkey over there in uh, vancouver land really really don't know what the fuck they plan on doing i all i can say is that whatever they're probably going to do is more than likely going to be the wrong move uh if they decide to fire bruce boudreau i think that's just uh it's that's not that's not gonna do anything i don't think i don't think bruce boudreau is the problem if anything he was the only thing that was like kind of helping that team i think the fact of the matter is that team should have rebuilt a few years ago when um when when they were due for a rebuild they decided to do more of a retool and a reworking instead of tearing it all the way down and now you're getting results like this where you know something that happened to the buffalo sabers for like three times where they're like okay we're rebuilding all right the rebuild's over and we're into another rebuild um feel like that's maybe what's going on here with the Vancouver Canucks but they will not admit that they need to do a rebuild and when you look at their roster you're like fuck man like it's a really just a mess of a roster you got you got great young pieces like Quinn Hughes and Pedersen and Brock Besser and Bo Horvat and then you got other pieces that just make no sense you got Oliver Ekman Larson over there you got um oh who's the Connor Garland, even though I think he's a good little player, just like that trade in general just made zero sense. Um, they were they were only one year away from finally getting out of all those terrible deals that they fucked themselves with years before, and then before they can fucking unfuck themselves, they go fuck it up even more, trade all those guys away for no reason, have to give up assets, and then they bring back even more bad contracts and. and I don't know what the fuck is going on over there in Vancouver, man. I think they're legitimately destined to never win anything in this league. The way that it's run, the voo I think there is just a voodoo over that franchise that I just don't think it's ever going to go away, man. Something something wrong over there. So, I don't know what the Canucks plan on doing here in the future. I I don't know how many more games they can they can keep going before something's going to get done, a trade, a firing, something's going to have to be done because that's what they do in the NHL when things aren't going well, they usually do something, right? And usually when it comes to hockey, it's the coach that goes first, but they already kind of did that last season when they fired their coach and brought in this coach. And then they, then they didn't trust this coach by not giving him like an extension. So I don't know, man, that organization is run very, very, very strangely and uh, very not good. And the results show that uh the it's just not run very well and people are very unhappy apparently there's a divide in the locker room between jt miller and bo horvat so and there was a screaming match apparently that took place on the ice between jt miller and luke shen they're screaming at each other on the ice like going into the locker room as the game ended like everyone could see it uh airing all the dirty laundry out for their whole fan base to see We've had jerseys getting thrown onto the ice already, and we're fucking only two two weeks into the season. We already got the jerseys are on the ice. We got the the fans calling for firings, chanting "fire Bruce, fire this, fire that." They want this guy and that guy traded. They want they want heads rolling, man, in Vancouver. And um, yeah, that's definitely not a fan base you want to piss off because they're a very ruthless, uh, mean, angry. Uh, hot-headed fan base over there and uh, I saw it firsthand when they lost to the Bruins in 2011 what how bad they can be over there and uh, honestly we'll never forgive them for doing that because it 
just just disgraceful but um wow man i i i don't i don't know who would have saw a, a start like this for the vancouver canucks i i had them making playoffs uh, the way that they finished last season once they got Bruce Boudreaux in there and everything was going well, Bruce did his chance. Everything's everyone's fucking happy. Pedersen turned into a 50 goal scorer overnight. Brock Besser was scoring again. Demko can save pucks, and the team was playing well. And then all of a sudden, now it's like the Bruce there it is thing is gone. Uh, they're not listening to him. Their effort is dog shit. JT Miller can just refuses to play any form of defense it's like he's been out he's a massive minus machine and he doesn't seem to give a fuck about it like uh, i guess that's that's kind of why luke shen and uh he were having a screaming match because i guess luke shen was telling him like bro you got a back check man like you're fucking killing us over here and then I, I don't know i guess miller's just being like no i'm a fucking forward dude i get points like i'm i put up 99 points last year how many points did you put up so i don't know what kind of business is going on in their locker room but all i know is that it ain't good don't sound good and shit stinks in vancouver and um I I think it's al- it's almost safe to say that they're uh, not going to make the playoffs, and uh, it's going to be a rough rough year for for the Vancouver Canucks. And then on top of that, they have their captain Bo Horvat, who has one year left on his deal, and uh, negotiations haven't been going well. And the fact that your team hasn't won a game yet, and you're two weeks into the season, um, going to be really hard to convince Bo Horvat to stick around with the Vancouver Canucks. So. Is Bo Horvat going to see himself getting traded out of Vancouver out of necessity because what the fuck else are they going to do? They, how are you going to trade JT Miller right now? Is is that going to be a possibility? Uh, you just re-signed him for a pretty big ticket. Our team's going to be willing. Like, yeah, you can still produce offense, but are you going to want a guy that is legitimately like a just a minus machine? If he's out there on the ice, you're more than likely going to get scored on kind of player. Um I don't know, maybe the Winnipeg Jets are interested in a guy like that because that's the kind of guys they like to have over there, but I don't know, dude. All I know is that I am uh, extremely unpleasantly surprised at the start of the Vancouver Canucks. I drafted Thatcher Depko thinking that that was going to be Oh, an easy pick for me right there. Oh, Thatcher Demko is one of the more consistent, better goalies in the league. That should be a slam dunk, and he has been terrible now more than likely not his fault because the team around him has been terrible and everything around vancouver has been terrible but fuck i thought if one thing was going to be good with vancouver canucks it was going to be thatcher demko i thought that could be the one guarantee but no not even that uh he played better in his last game but still not good enough um fuck man it's uh looking really ugly there for the vancouver canucks what do you guys think i think they're already done in rings i think they're out of the playoffs it's done there's no chance i don't know what they can do that's going to turn it around uh you could fire the coach but i don't think that's going to work it'll probably make things worse because honestly i think if they didn't have bruce they may be somehow having maybe even a worse record like say they still had travis green like would they even have overtime losses would they have even had multi-goal leads to blow if they if they had travis green as their coach i don't know but all i can say right now is that the vancouver canucks are the only team in the league right now that still haven't won a fucking game and there are teams like the arizona coyotes that exist in this league and it, it, that's not okay 
they don't have anybody on that team and and the Vancouver Canucks have Pedersen and Quinn Hughes they have legitimate players on this team I just don't know if it's like is it that in between the the ears is it all in their mind like is it that bad over there with the mentality in Vancouver is the media really getting them to them that bad or the fans getting to them that badly or was it all just up to a really fucking shitty road trip at the beginning of the season that really just fucked them up and um yeah, their their fan base has a really short rope for for patience with their Vancouver Canucks. Kind of understandably so, if you know the history of the Vancouver Canucks, they've they've had a fucking uh, they've had some fucking good times there. So I can understand why the fan base is a little bit up in arms, but I think the fact that they're already throwing jerseys on the ice, they're already calling for their their coach to be fired like two games in, and and they were so in love with him last year. I just think it's a little overloaded. It's a little bit much. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if you see, uh, uh, you know, Vancouver being one of the destinations that no one wants to go to, especially right now. And yeah, they're probably the bottom of everybody's list and number one on everybody's no trade list. Like, yeah, we're not going there. No fucking way. No way. No how right now. And if I were Bo, Bo Horvat, I agree with the Spit and Chicklets guys. They said that he should try and get his ass the fuck out of there, walk to free agency, because there's no way. Why the fuck would you want to re-sign up with what's going on with this? Like, JT Miller just signed. He's going to be there for nine nine more years. So, potentially. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, things in Vancouver, not going good. Not going good, and I don't know how, how they're going to make them uh, get all that much more better. But, um Here's to hoping that the Canucks can win a game this week. So good luck, Canucks. Let's go out there and win a game, would ya? Okay, and then the uh, NHL finally re- released the reverse retro jerseys uh, thing they've been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll just quickly uh, talk about the five, my five favorite ones and my five least favorite ones because... I don't know. It seems like everybody's doing that. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any pictures of them, but the ones that I really liked, the ones that I thought were the best were the Washington Capitals throwback to the Screaming Eagles. Fucking awesome. If I was a Capitals fan, I would definitely be buying that one. I thought the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, throwback to the Robo Penguin was awesome. Really love that jersey. Even though the Canucks suck, I think their Johnny Canuck jersey is fucking gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Love the green. I love the the Johnny Canuck logo. I think it's awesome. Really, really love the the green and blue combination. Just looks great. Love that. Love that jersey. I think it's beautiful. Dallas Stars also had a really nice jersey. I'm a big fan of the green, I guess. Uh, really, really like that. Even though I know they didn't do the... The, the version of the Dallas Star that they wanted where, like, the star is, like, formed into the shape of the jersey or whatever. Um, but I think this one's really, really sharp-looking. I love the green. I love that the way that the green pops. I think it's just a very fucking sharp-looking jersey. Very nicely done. And then, of course, I'll give the Arizona Coyotes another bit of props there because they crushed it last season. They went for a similar look this year, but they even threw in a color that's never been used before, some sort of, like, desert brown color. I don't know, fucking brown. They never use brown. But um, I think it looks good. I thought last year's was better, but this one was also good. Uh, a couple other ones that I just want to say I liked. I thought the I think the Bruins one's pretty good. I like the Minnesota jersey. 
and the Leaf one, it, it doesn't need to exist because there's so many jerseys that look just like it. So I, I, would, I was hoping for that 2002 alternate third jersey, hoping for a look like that. Not Maybe, maybe not, not this year, maybe another year. But that one I would have really loved to have gotten. Or it would have been cool if they'd done something with green for the St. Pats or something like that. Uh, I thought it was pretty, it was just kind of there, just another Leaf jersey. All Leaf jerseys are pretty awesome. I got last year's reverse retro. I know a lot of people didn't like that one. I was, I'm was i a big fan of it. I love it. I think it's really good. Uh, I like the gray in it. I think I thought the Maple Leaf looked really good, and I got it in a Johnny Tavares. So, And I, I wore that I wore that jersey on their, um, uh, the Jets game here, and John, Tavor, John Tavares scored two goals. So it's got good luck. So it's a good luck jersey, so I like it a lot. And then, of course, the one that I don't like, I think it's pretty uh, universal, uh, the ones that people don't like. Detroit Red Wings looks like crap. I'm ha- it's nice to see that they added black to it, but you fucked up. Looks terrible. Chicago's is bad again. I didn't like the Colorado Avalanche one. I think it's uh, they nailed it last year, but this year not so much so. Carolinas is pretty lame. I like the design on the bottom of it or whatever, the little, the little storm flags. I think that's cool, but the rest of it sucks. And then the Edmonton Oilers. I like that. I, I honestly, I like the the oil drop, the original version of it, the blue and the white or whatever. I like that version better. This one, not so much. Didn't like the, didn't like the way that the color scheme came out. I think it's cool that they brought back the the little oil drop or whatever, but not for me. I didn't like it. And honestly, I didn't like the Flames one all that much. I know people are pretty high on it. I'm not that big on it. I think it looks a little silly. Uh, I love the color scheme on it. I love the black. I love all that. It's just that that piece, you know, the piece that goes up and sticks up and looks really weird. I, I don't like that piece. And I know that's the piece that a lot of people like about it. And I'm not me. I'm not. No, no, thank you. But um, yeah, I think I think the Capitals nailed it this year. I think they're, they're, that's the best one. Uh, them and the Penguins, they're both really good. Also really like the Minnesota one. I know people give them shit because they say it looks like Subway. But hey, I like Subway. And I thought I think those, that color scheme looks awesome. With the yellow and the green and the white. I, I really like the Minnesota one as well. The rest of them are, are fine. They're all, they're all there, you know. They're all fine. I don't really... I've never been all that big on the... Um, reverse retro thing like i think some teams don't understand the assignment and it's just like some teams just can't do it like montreal canadians haven't like changed their look ever and even though i think the reverse retro this year is pretty cool even though they won't admit that it has anything to do with the expos which it clearly does um yeah there's just not a whole lot that they can do some teams like even the leafs for example like they've always been blue and white so it's hard for them to reverse any colors because they haven't really had any other colors. Like that's why people are asking for the green because that's the only other color that we've had out there. So I don't know. I don't think it like what, just do a red one for fuck's sake. Who gives a shit? Let's just do a red maple leaf jersey for no reason, just because it would look cool. Maybe maybe it would look cool. I don't know. It probably looked pretty cool. Okay, so let's get to some of the hockey that that took place this week. I didn't get to watch any Flames games, but um, we'll go through how the Flames did this week. They had a pretty decent week there, going 2-1-0. They did lose to the Buffalo Sabres, like I said earlier, but the Sabres are hot right now, man. They're beating up everybody, so... I don't know if there's all that much shame into losing to the Buffalo Sabres. Not like last year, that's for sure. Losing to the Sabres this year is a lot different than losing to them last year. But 
they uh, they recuperated that loss by beating the Carolina Hurricanes three to two, and then they beat, beat the Pittsburgh Penguins last night four to one. So. Yeah, Flames are still doing really good. Markstrom's starting to get his game back under control a little bit. He had a little bit of a shaky start there, starting to even it out a little bit. Uh, Huberto scored his first goal as a Flame. That's awesome to see. Kadri got another two tonight, so Kadri getting it done, and the Flames still rolling, baby. They're looking really good, and they got the fucking Oilers this Saturday. I will hopefully be watching that one. Uh, I love the Battle of Alberta. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, rivalry in the league right now there's a couple of good ones i mean jets and the and the, and the leafs really fucking hate each other for some reason that's just a weird rivalry but um yeah that's uh oilers and and uh flames this saturday that's going to be a must watch for sure okay let's get into the toronto maple leafs this week so they have one two three three games we'll talk about this week so game number one was against dallas they ended up beating the dallas stars the very very hot dallas stars yeah, three to two in overtime and this was the nick robertson coming out party game baby oh my goodness he played so fucking good dude he played so good very noticeable fast flying around all over the place making great plays scored two goals scored the game winning goal um he also he got blasted by a big hit he was fucking all over the place man he that hit didn't didn't slow him down a little bit by look of it i will say though that he needs to start keeping his head up and start looking around paying attention a little bit more he's getting blasted like on the regular and you do not want to be getting blasted like that too often so just keep your head up on a swivel there nikki bobby uh, but he also was able to break up an odd man rush on on jamie ben in overtime which yeah, it looked like it was going to be a goal. Looked like he was going to pass it off and he was going to be a one-timer goal. But Nicky Bobby did not um, give up on the play. He was able to get it away from Jamie Ben. Came back down, made a play. Boom! Scores the big overtime winning goal. That was fucking awesome, dude. It was a great game. Um, the the Dallas Stars were being a fucking douche to Matthews all game long. Fucking Jamie Ben got a really nasty cross check onto Matthews back, no call, and Matthews has been dealing with that for, uh, that cross check for a few games afterwards. It was so rough. So, yeah, and of course the usual story: no one sticking up for Matthews. Um, very disappointing that, that you know everyone in the league is just taking shots on Matthews and and nothing's really being done about it. You know Matthews did throw that big hit or whatever to kind of like you know say hey but like that's not your job man like i would like for him to throw the body like that but like save it for the playoffs or whatever but um yeah the fact that like no one ever stands up for for matthews is kind of shocking a little bit like if someone did that to matthews it should be fucking confetti gloves instantly throw that throw those motherfucking gloves and just beat the shit out of whoever is touching austin matthews it's austin fucking matthews he's literally won the heart for you guys last year he is the mvp of the league you need to take care of that guy, but yeah, so uh, Stars being a dick to Matthews all game long, no one helping him out, and Samsonov played really good, he had another really good game, he's been playing great for the Toronto Maple Leafs this season so far, and just want to say that Wedgwood, of course, they put in their fucking backup goalie, and if you don't know, backup goalies kind of have their way with the Toronto Maple Leafs, whenever there's a backup goalie we have to face, they always seem to have a career game, they're just like, oh, I'm just going to make 50, 50 saves out of 52, and just just give you guys a heart attack and all that stuff and Wedgwood basically did just that he he was fantastic I think we had over 40 shots on on the on him and he stopped most of them so yeah he, he played very well almost stole a game there for the stars 
Um, next, you got the Leafs versus the Winnipeg Jets. That was a fun, pretty fun game. Uh, Leafs getting the better of them, 4-1. to one. This game had an interesting lineup change. So Pierre Engvall and Abe Kubel were out for this game, healthy scratched. And in, you got Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford. Uh, Clifford taking his bad penalties as always. I mean, man, that guy, I don't know why we even bothered putting that guy in the lineup. Like, I don't even know if it's worth it. Like, the dumb mistakes that he makes, I just don't know if it's worth that, like, one or two decent hits that he'll throw or whatever that he'll do out there. But, fuck, man, every time this guy, he just takes bad penalties, bad timing, um, always in the offensive zone for some fucking reason. Like, I don't know. But, but, Wayne Simmons did have a lovely assist and it really helped it helped the fourth line get a big goal out there big goal for for the game and uh that was really nice to see wayno getting that uh i don't know if he had any idea what he was doing there but it fucking looked awesome on the replay just that fucking no look pass boom right there and uh, it was a really nice goal and of course the bad blood between the leafs and the jets was uh quite prevalent prevalent in this game um early on marner got like absolutely face smashed into the boards dude it was fucking ter- it was horrifying no call on that and marner's face is all fucked up you see him on the bench and you're like holy fuck dude like looks like someone threw a freaking like ice ball at his face or something. i don't know he looked fucked up dude and of course no call on that that's only gonna fuel fuel like marner's whininess towards the referees because he doesn't get the calls that like even Matthews is getting like Matthews should be drawing like 17 calls a game he gets just beaten up every single game but Marner is not even getting like the one or two that like he probably should be getting at least every game because people are all over him too but um yeah man the bad blood between um the Jets and uh, the Leafs, it's uh, its its bad. Like, I would love to see these guys in a playoff series. That would take some very special circumstances for that to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I like when these two teams play because it's, it's usually quite feisty. And that was definitely uh, this game. And uh, the refs were bad, as usual, for refing uh, Leafs and Jets game. They were just dog shit, making bad calls or no calls and, and the usual stuff. John Tavares had a hell of a game. He got two goals. Great game for him, obviously. It was because I was wearing uh, my John Tavares jersey, so you can thank me for that one. Uh, and, of course, another good game for Samsonov, only letting in one goal. So, fucking rights, boys. Like, Samsonov has just been... Like, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's just... You know, if we talk about it too much, then maybe, I don't know, something bad might happen. I don't know. I just don't want to talk about it too much. But so far, so good for Samsonov, man. Like, I'm so happy that we picked him up. Uh, it made me feel so much better uh, going into the season having uh, not just Matt Murray, but once we added Samsonov, I was like, okay, that's that's better. I'm not happy about it, but I, I feel a lot better about it at least. And and now I feel uh, I feeling great about the goaltending situation in Toronto right now. There's some other things going on in Toronto right now that don't have me feeling so great, but goaltending not being one of them. So that's that's very good. And then the last game that these played this week, they played the Vegas Golden Knights lost to them three to one, and um, yeah, man, this game pretty much right out of the gate. Uh, I kind of had that feeling it was it was going to be one of these games where uh, the Leafs just don't play very well, and that was that was pretty much what we got there. Vegas came out of the gate flying. They absolutely, I think they had like fucking ten shots in the first like seven minutes or something, just feeding us our lunch. They get a goal. And then it gets taken away, uh, sort of, like the the Leafs call a timeout and then they challenge it. 
They take fucking seven years to figure out that, yeah, it was kind of just barely offside. They take the goal away from Phil Kessel, which would have been his 400th goal, scoring it against his former team in Toronto, which would have been absolutely perfect. They take it back, and then play resumes, and then Vegas just comes right back down and gets a goal anyway. So all that was basically for for not. Phil Kessel got an assist on that play, so he got a point, didn't get the goal. I wanted him to have the goal, but... Yeah, so pretty much right out of the gate, this game was pissing me off, and I was like, great, it's going to be one of these games, and uh, yeah, it was, so the crowd was out of it pretty much instantly because of the long delay, no one wants to see that crap, and um, yeah, honestly, I think it was the worst game that the Leafs played so far this season, Uh, it wasn't very good, man, they got absolutely outworked by the Vegas Golden Knights, they had a little bit of a flash there, but it wasn't very much, Not, not a lot of good to say about this game, honestly. Uh, it wasn't very good. Um, upcoming games Thursday, we got the San Jose Sharks. That you better fucking slaughter the Sharks on Thursday, or I'm gonna be pissed right off. Got the LA Kings on Saturday and the Ducks on Sunday. So get the rare Sunday game. That's interesting. Going through the the western the west coast road trip that used to be terrifying. Now it is a lot less terrifying. So feeling pretty good, uh, especially. San Jose and Anaheim, those should be gimmies for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but that's not usually how that goes down with the Toronto Maple Leafs. When you have a game that they should easily win, they usually get slaughtered. So I am, I am guessing that the Ducks will beat us 5-1. to one. San Jose will win 4-2 to two, and will beat the, the Kings 6 nothing. So it'll be something like that, I imagine. But um, yeah. So that is that is it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Looking forward, they're doing pretty good. I mean, that loss to Vegas, it was just like... I'm not surprised that they lost to Vegas. I just wish that their effort showed that they were a little bit better than that when they could they could play against a top team like Vegas, who looks like they're Vegas again. Definitely not playing like the Vegas of last year or the year before. It looks like they're playing like Vegas of year one, year two, where they're just absolutely fucking juggernauts. They'll come out at the beginning of the games and tear you down, and they'll come out in the last 15 minutes, last period of a game, and just fucking do whatever it takes to get that win or just... just fucking take you to town man they will take you to town and it looks like that's the vegas that we have this year and yeah the leafs got taken to town by a team that was just way more hungry than them okay and since i didn't do it last week i wanted to take a look at the stats uh around the league the the league leaders right now so let's take a look at the top few guys and points uh number one is uh very shocking uh, um, wow uh you'll never get guess this one Number one in the league right now, I guess, well, he's technically tied with four other people. But Valerie Nachushkin of the Colorado Avalanche, currently leading the league with 12 points. He is tied with David Pasternak, Artemi Panarin, and Jesper Bratt, all leading the league right now with 12 points apiece. Sidney Crosby right there with 11. Leon with 11. Leon Dreisaitl. Sidney Crosby, man, he's still fucking Sid the Kid, man. He's so goddamn good. Brady Kachuk has 10 points. That's really good. He's having a really nice season so far. Connor McDavid up there with 10 points. Matt Zuccarello there with, with 10 points. And then Dominic Kubalik up there with 10 points. The Detroit Red Wings, really good-looking pickup for uh, the Detroit Red Wings in the offseason. They got him for, like, nothing, I remember. And, uh, yeah, that's a fucking... I, uh, wow, good for, good for Detroit. That's nice to see. In terms of goals, you got Valerie Nachushkin is leading with seven. He is tied with Svechnikov and Steven Stamkos for the league lead right now at seven. Alex Tuck is there at six. David Pasternak, Brady Kachuk, Connor McDavid, 
Gabriel Velarde, <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin, Goudreau, Kempe, uh, wow, there's a lot of guys at five. Marcia So Caulfield, Shane Pinto, all tied at five goals apiece right now. Assists, you got Jesper Bratt leading the league in assists. That's really cool. I, I, I am a fan of Jesper Bratt. Had him last year in fantasy. He was dynamite and looks like he's having another really good season. Artemi Panarin has eight along with Leon Dreisaitl and Nikita Kucherov. And in terms of plus minus, Shea Theodore is a plus 10. Rasmus Dahlin a plus 9. Brett Pesci a plus 9. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty goddamn nice right there. And yeah, that's that's pretty that's good there. And let's go take a look at the goaltending. Fucking Craig Anderson, the 41-year-old goaltender, rocking a one goals against right now. Jake Ottinger with a 1.41. Jordan Bennington a 1.65. So yeah, Jake Ottinger having a really nice start. Looks like Binner is doing good so far. And then the ageless wonder, Craig Anderson, just unbelievable and his save percentage is even more unbelievable at a 970 yes 970 fucking insane right now unbelievable uh jake ottinger rocking a 953 and kata hot with a 949 holy fuck i mean these are early season numbers without a doubt but wow i mean craig anderson i know he's only played like two games or whatever but 970 dude get the fuck out of here unbelievable Linus Allmark is leading the league and wins at five. Gorgiev and a whole bunch of other dudes are tied at four. And then shutouts, you got uh, James Reimer, Connor Halabiak, and a few other guys all tied at one. So there you fucking go, everybody. There's your week in review of what I saw in the in the in the world of the NHL this week. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. All that great stuff. Make sure you're following, liking, telling everybody that you know about this podcast. If you think that someone you know might like it. That'd be great. Just uh, share, spread the love and all that good stuff. Make sure you go down, check out the descriptions. I got a YouTube channel where I'm playing through some scary games right now, playing through Resident Evil 3 Remake on PS5, having a blast over there playing through that. So you can go over there and check that out. Um, Also have a whole bunch of other Let's Plays, video game related stuff on my channel. So uh, be my guest, go over there and check it out. Subscribe, like all the videos, all that good stuff. Go follow me on Twitter if you want to do that. All the links are going to be down there below for everybody. So all easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy for everybody. Uh, let's go Leafs. Hopefully we can demolish this the, this uh, Western uh, coastal swing. And I hope the Flames can beat the Edmonton Oilers this Saturday. Should be a really fun weekend of hockey. And I hope you guys are having a decent week. I know it's only hump day, but you're almost there to the weekend. And I'm here at the weekend because I have vacation booked. So fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll see you. I'll I'll talk to y'all later.